This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. Today I'm joined with Corey Lewis, who's a former professional footballer and is a co-founder and CEO of One and One, which is a life and wellness platform helping people become 1% better every single day. Corey, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about this concept of 1% every single day. Lots of people talk about it. Some people use it as like a little tiny little bit better and that's all you need, and things will compound over time. But what's it like actually living that way? You've got a lot of experience yourself, improving every single day. So what's it actually like to get 1% better? Um, well, the goal is the goal is obviously you're not going to get 1% better every day, right? Like that's the that's the that's the fact of the matter. There's gonna be some days where you get your ass kicked, you get your, you know, you get your butt handed to you. And you know, unfortunately, you might get a little worse. You might get 1% worse. However, if the goal is 1% better, it makes the ultimate goal that you're striving for or you're, or you're reaching towards uh, more manageable, more reasonable. A lot of us have big dreams, big goals, big aspirations. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of us like to look at the whole staircase as opposed to one step at a time. Um, you know, so 1% better to me breaks down the reality and, and, creates a better reality for you when you're striving towards your life goals, whatever they may be, fitness goals, career goals, or wherever that may be. So 1% better t- to me just creates a more um, clear path and a more achievable path as opposed to, you know, having that all or nothing mentality. And then you have these huge goals that you set for yourself. And then when you don't reach them, you get frustrated and you give up or you quit. Um, that's because you tried to get a hundred percent better in one day or, you know, whatever it may be. And obviously as a, as a wellness coach and, and having a wellness platform, I've worked with hundreds, thousands of people now, you know, to help them change, you know, and, and lose weight or whatever it may be. And yeah, they, they want to lose a hundred pounds, but you can't lose a hundred pounds in a week. So how do we get 1% better each day? And it gets you comfortable with losing one to two pounds a week. Some weeks you'll lose three to four pounds a week, you know, getting comfortable with that uh, incremental progress. And that's what matters more. There's 365 days in a year. And if we can have more 1% better days than negative days, then we'll be in a pretty good place going into that next year. Actually makes me think of 365% better just doing it 1% every day. If that's the goal, then I'd be happy losing a couple of percent. I don't know about you. Yeah, hundred percent. You get if, if let's just say you have sixty-five bad days, but you got three hundred percent better. It's a pretty good year. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. It makes me think of like being sustainable, being consistent, and very often it's more of a mental game. Like if you just if you just wake up and go for a walk for ten minutes, it might not be so bad until it's boring, until you can't figure out what to do or just feel the drain of going out for a 10 minute walk every single day twice a day it tends to wear down mentally i suppose before physically talk to us a bit yep. about that talk to us a bit about the mental health of people that are going through these programs and trying to make changes because very often the the mechanics aren't so complicated and difficult to do yep so that's why for me uh, something we created, we have our habit forming app. That's like our grand poobah. That's our bread and butter, um, you know, of our platform. 
And that's because our habits are, 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 are everything good and bad, right? It's typically, we always like to say, show me your habits and I'll show you your future. And, you know, something like going for a 10 minute walk. Yes, it may seem dreadful if it's not something that you're used to doing, but if you make it habitual and you go through this process of um, habituation uh, where you turn an action into a habit, uh, it has it has tons of reward. You know, I like to use the example of brushing our teeth, right? When we grew up, our parents made us brush our teeth. And the, the way a habit gets formed is that there's a cue. Uh, there's an action and then, and then there's a reward. And then that cue could be time of day, which, you know, brushing teeth is either, you know, when you wake up or you go to bed and it could be time of day, location, um, emotion, that could be the cue. And then the action is the, the, the action of doing something. So like brushing your teeth and then the reward is, okay, I feel awake. I feel, I feel like, you know, my mouth is clean and that's the, that's the reward. And habits are formed when decision-making is removed from the process. You know, when I wake up every day, I don't even think about it. I just brush my teeth because it's a habit. So similar to going for a walk and breaking that down, it's okay if your 10 minute walk is only five minutes, or maybe you want to do 10 minutes or 30 minutes, but you start, you know, you only start with five or 10 and then you continue to add on little by little, you know, and that's what I mean by, you don't have to go, you know, for the grand slam. You don't have to go for the whole thing right away. You know, really build up over over time to 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 turn these actions into habits. These 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 actions that you know are good for you and rewarding, and you know, into that habit and really turn something from a from a a, a dreadful position to a delight, right? And that's and that's and that just comes from staying consistent. And that's with anything. Uh, whether it's going to school, your career, uh, creating an awesome podcast like you have, like there's there's it's a habit of, of you don't want to you don't want to do everything every day. That's just there's nothing in life that you absolutely want to do every day, at least for me, besides sleep. So, you know, the action of doing something every single day, it's about putting in the work and staying consistent and forming that positive habit, knowing that's ultimately going to bridge the gap. Uh, to help you reach the reach the goal that you're striving to reach. Sometimes people can feel almost depressed or anxious by trying to do it. Like they've got this, whether it's a goal, whether it's a an expectation, something that is making them feel like they're struggling, like they're having a hard time. Sometimes it's in the short term, sometimes it's in the long term. And it can be tough for people if they're not making progress or not seeing results, that sort of thing. How do you balance mental work with physical work? What kind of exercises would you suggest people do? So for me, I'm, I'm a big believer in power hours. So with that, what that is for me, um, whatever my first task of the day is, whatever that time may be, um, I try to get up 30 to 30 minutes to an hour before that, depending on how early it is. And I take that time to really set the tone for the day. So during that 30 minutes to an hour, I meditate. Um, I'm a spiritual person. So I read my Bible. Um, I get strong in my faith in that regard. Uh, I, I have an activity that my mental performance coach gives me, um, whether it's, it's a, it's kind of, um, brain games, he calls them to kind of get my brain actively processing. 
Um, and that really sets the tone for my day and it really allows me to feel productive to start the day. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, continue, you know, kind of ease into the day and they're not really awake until 10, 11, you know, even noon, um, you know, because there's nothing that's making them feel productive and, and, and they're kind of going through the motions of life, going through the motions um, with their career or, or with their job or whatever it may be. Um, so unfortunately, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's all about being intentional with, with your day-to-day process and, you know, also being intentional with, you know, not only the physical things that you have to do, but also the mental things you have to do, the, the, the self-care routine, such as my power hour that you need to implement to ultimately balance the ability to take on the load of the day-to-day grind that may, uh, you know, come about from, from chasing something, from trying to progress towards something, because nothing worth having is easy. You know, not everyone is able to inherit um, awesome opportunities or awesome things. So so a lot of people got to work for stuff. And with working for something, there's going to be days that suck. There's going to be times where you feel stagnant. There's going to be times where you fail. Uh, but all of those things are part of the process, part of the journey. You know, anybody who's super successful, who built something from scratch, um, who didn't necessarily inherit something, I guarantee you there are multiple things and stories that they would tell you about how many times they failed along the way, um, how many ideas that failed before the ones that we see. A lot of us see the see the the success, and then we just we just think that that just happened overnight. But in reality, yeah, it happened overnight. It just took 15 years for that <laughs> overnight uh, situation <laughs> to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, so a lot of us see the success and the and, and all these good things happening. And we just assume that, you know, those guys just skipped a bunch of steps and made it. But ultimately, those guys also, you know, put in the work and face struggles and face issues um, that, you know, unfortunately affected their, uh, you know, that, that probably affected their mental health along the way. But they but they stayed with it. They stayed consistent and they had, they had a true purpose they wanted to reach. So they stuck with it and they ultimately got, got to where they wanted to be. What I found as well is the people that put in the work, the consistent, maybe they've had to build it all on their own. The skills that these people have by walking the walk themselves, rather than being dropped into it. The, the difference is night and day. Someone will be able to figure it out, work out the kinks, learn the technology, learn how to troubleshoot and solve problems and all those things. They get there by trying to do it and failing and learning. And someone that's been given something that's already done, if something was to go wrong with that thing or they have to figure it out on the spot, they can't because they've not had the learning journey of taking the steps every single day. Like I know if something happens in the gym let's say so i've been exercising now for ever feels like and it, if, <laughs> if, if something was to let's say i go to do my my training my routine my exercises and i can't do any particular exercise maybe someone's using it maybe it's the weather whatever it is something happens that means i have to cut things short on that particular exercise i know there's two or three different variations that i can do that will work and that will help and that will help me get that one percent better if you're given a routine without figuring it out without learning it backwards and inside out 
you don't know how to do that, you will just skip it or you will just not do it or you will just not go because you can't do that one exercise and therefore the whole workout is void in their mind. It, it makes me feel like the journey gives you so much more in terms of flexibility, commitment, the routine, the ability to be consistent in a different way maybe like, like yeah. you said with the walking maybe you tried 10 minutes a day but today was only five because of whatever reason that's still good enough that's still helpful maybe you do another five minutes later on in the day to make up for it that sort of thing it becomes a bigger toolkit that you can use by taking the steps rather than just being given amazing genetics or you know a lifestyle that is perfect for maintaining your health and I think people can struggle with that because they don't think it's valuable. But I found that similar to, that was it, um, there was a boxer, I can't remember his name now, which is going to crucify me now for the episode now, but everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And yep. it's only when you're punched in the face that you Tyson. have to then figure it out. Was it Tyson? Yeah, there we go. I'm pretty sure, yeah. There we go, Mike Tyson, for those that are listening. And it, it is that kind of thing. If everything is perfect, everyone will get there. Because it's perfect. When shit hits the fan, when you're struggling today, maybe you didn't sleep all that well, you've still got to get up and do it. And that is where your personality shines. That is where, whether you're actually going to achieve it or not, really steps forward. Because it's not about the good days. Everyone does amazing when they have good days. It's the other side of the coin. If you're having a bad day, what happens then? How much do you fall off the wagon? How many missteps do you take? And how long do you let that one day become two, five, seven, thirty in some cases, all because of that one thing that didn't go right? Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. It's all about sustainable wellness. Um, and, and, and to your point, we're going to have bad days, but you have to have the routines and, and, and the mindset ability to, to, to have mindset shifts when those things come about. You have to build that foundation for yourself that you ultimately know that you can rely on. You know, as, as a former athlete, I, I, I make so many analogies and use so many analogies from sports, right? Like the greatest quarterbacks in the world, let's say Tom Brady, um, you know, they throw interceptions, right? They, they have turnovers, but they know that deep down inside their process, their, their preparation is what created the separation for them to even be in this position. So they know that they're going to bounce back. You know, there's going to be bad plays in every game. You know, I always, I, I always say Steph Curry is the greatest shooter ever and he shoots 40%. That means he misses six out of 10 shots and he's considered the best shooter of all time. So like, even when you're the very best at something, you're going to fail. But when you have true process, true routine, and you really believe in those things because of because of the work that you put in and because of the failures that have happened in the past, you're going to know that you're going to bounce back. And being able to being able to to rely on that is, is, is the important aspect. Too many people, unfortunately, don't believe in their process, don't believe in their routines. They don't have anything to kind of fall back on. They don't have the infrastructure, you know to fall back on, which is why I tell people it's so important to really get that self-care routine. What, what fills your cup, right? Because it's very hard for you to, uh, 
you know, fill someone else's cup or, or, or fill the, fill the cup in, in the other areas of your life. If you don't fill that eternal cup. So it's important to have these processes and routines in place. So you can ultimately always know that when stuff does go wrong and shit hits the fan, that you're, you're going to be okay. And, and, yeah. you know, w- without those things in place, that's when we unfortunately, um, you know, have people dealing with the, the, really, really bad mental health issues of, you know, feeling the need to um, take their life or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and, and that's really unfortunate. And obviously there's other aspects um, that, 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 that come into play there, but um, yeah, it, it's important to, to do the work um, and whether that's going to therapy, going for those walks, uh, you know, trying to find some sort of spiritual connection um, meditation. There's, there's so many things that you should try and not write off and, and try for 30 days. I tell people try something for 30 days. If you don't feel like it moved the needle at all, try something else. Um, but I, I guarantee you that if you truly dedicate yourself to stay consistent with something for 30 days, something that, you know, has worked for other people, um, it's likely that you'll find some grace in it. You'll find some positives in it. And at the very worst, maybe it's not for you, but I guarantee you that it's not going to make you worse. And and that's okay. So it, I think it's very important for people to ultimately build these routines and build that infrastructure for themselves um, so they can have the ability to, to know that they're going to bounce back um, from failure, from setbacks, um, from, from the, from the stuff that will go wrong and from those bad days. Um, Cause for me, no matter how bad my day is, I'm always trying to be the nicest person ever to the people around me uh, with them, all, all my relationships, because nobody deserves to go through what I'm going through or, you know, feel my wrath just because I'm going through a bad day. And I think that's also very important. A lot of, I think that also helps me snap out of it too, that being a nice person consistently uh, helps me snap out of my funks. Yeah, and I, I also know that you've got is it seven dimensions to wellness. There's yep. not just one or two. There is in fact seven. So you're able to share at least a couple of those with us and help people understand yep. how they're how they're helpful. Yep, I'll share all seven. So yeah, physical, mental, spiritual, um, intellectual, environmental, social, and um, with 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 and and financial. And with these dimensions of wellness, the reason why we look at it is because, again, it's a holistic approach. Um, you know, what may your wellness routine for 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 Michael may be a lot different or like where you're at in life. And we're all about meeting people where they're at in their wellness journey. So, you know, for example, if you're maybe your financial wellness isn't where it needs to be um, and that's ultimately impacting your mental wellness. And then because your mental wellness isn't where it needs to be. Now your physical wellness is where it need, isn't where it needs to be, right? Because you're mentally not where you need to be. So okay, let's take a step back. Let's fill your financial wellness cup. Let's get your financial wellness where it needs to be. Let's give you the tips and a personalized guidance towards you know helping you reach uh, a certain level of financial literacy and financial wellness that puts you in a better position in life, which will ultimately amplify your mental wellness. Because your mental wellness has been in a drain because your finance, your, your finances and your financial situation 
because you have it budgeted properly, you're living paycheck to paycheck, whatever it may be, you know, has has been messed up for a long time. So, okay, how do we fill the financial cup? So which will ultimately enhance the mental cup, which will ultimately start to unlock the physical cup, because it's very hard. A lot of people are paralyzed by mental health, right? Because when they're dealing with something mentally, they're in a funk, they don't want to do they don't. The last thing they want to do is go to the gym or exercise or take care of themselves or eat properly, you know, and, you know, that, that's that's another subject. But like, obviously, the way we eat and all that stuff impacts our mental health as well. But when outside factors such as like a financial uh, issue or, or financial constraints in our lives, losing a job, whatever it may be, those things can really, really be detrimental. So how do we attack that head on? Um, identify the problem with that dimension of wellness so we can then ultimately enhance the other areas of wellness. And, you know, environmental wellness may not be important to you and that's okay. But for some, some people may really have aspirations to be uh, very in tune with, you know, saving the planet. And that's what fills their cup. That's what makes them feel better. So how do we give you tips to do that? You know, how do we give you tips to be, to have social wellness because you don't feel like, you know, you ever want to be in public settings or be around a lot of people. So how do we give you tips to get better at that? So that doesn't impact your mental health. It all kind of ties back to mental health being the, being the, uh, the, the, the head of the snake and all those things kind of fill, fill that up, right? Like within the seven dimensions, I would say mental wellness is at the top and then identifying where people are at on the, on, in their wellness journey and what matters to them the most is, is, is the second step. And then figuring out where they're really struggling, that's ultimately impacting the mental wellness at the top. Because now the mental wellness, getting that, filling that cup and getting that battery charge is going to unlock your, your willingness uh, to do so many other things. And that's, and that's why it's, that's why we break it down like that. That's one of the things I was quite curious about is the effects of mental health so uh, i wonder Corey, if you do you have any of your own experiences to share about benefits of mental health and everything else and just try and shed some light on why mental health is so important for all of the other aspects yeah 100 percent um i mean going through the going through the journey of all the injuries that i faced in my uh, football career um you know i had some really dark days uh you know i i all i you know, as we know, all I did was play football and like football was my life. It was something I gave so much time, energy and effort to. And man, every time I felt like I was catching my stride or I was going to finally create the opportunity for myself to 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 be healthy and play, I just continued to get hurt. And um, from somebody who was never hurt and always relatively healthy to just having a, a, a long string of injuries. Um, really affected my, my, my mental health for the long term. And it, and it took me a long time to, to kind of snap out of it, understanding that I wasn't going to have the football career that I wanted to and, and the career that I saw a lot of my peers and my friends have go on to have. Um, some are still playing. Um, kudos to them. And, you know, knowing that had I stayed relatively healthy, I could have potentially, um, you know, had a longer career and, 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 you know, reach the heights that I wanted to reach. But uh, my, my knowing that my body kind of broke down on me uh, really put me in a tough situation because I because I definitely put 
all my eggs in that basket. Um, I, I think you kind of have to if, if your aspiration is, is, is to play at the highest level. Um, don't get me wrong. I still got my education. I did all that good stuff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's really what I wanted to do. And, and not being when I finally realized I had to hang them up and my body just couldn't hold up any any longer at a young age, it 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 took me a while to, to, to kind of get over that and, and really find my new purpose in life. And, um, you know, I, I, that's why I think it's so important to, to, to find what your purpose is and find what your new routine is because football was my routine. Every day I woke up, that was the first thing I thought about. And once that identity and that purpose is stripped, um, it's hard to bounce back because you no longer have that routine. You no longer have that, that purpose that, that you woke up every day for. Um, so, and I, and I think a, a lot of times people who do struggle with mental health, they've lost their purpose. They lost their, their, their reason to, you know, in some instances, unfortunately be alive. Right. And that's why they feel the, the need to, 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 to remove themselves from, from, from the world. Um, you know, so I think it's so important to identify your why on a day-to-day basis um, you know, really, really practice gratitude and, you know, write down the things you are grateful for and, um, you know, continue to push that forward. And mental health is just, especially men's mental health, um, which doesn't get talked about enough, even though we're more likely to commit suicide. Um, you know, I think we're, we're, we're taught to be so, so, so alpha and, and we're, we're taught to, hold things in and that like stop being soft or uh you know just deal with it and unfortunately when we hold all that stuff in and we hold all that bad and it really impacts our mental health until sometimes we reach our breaking point so you know it's important to it's important to constantly do the work um it's important to stay disciplined right and do what's necessary in order to put yourself in position to not live a lifetime of regret yeah, I've also found that a lot of guys, they're so used to leading from the front or they're so used to leading the way in whatever it is. We're used to making decisions, we're used to being clearer than the other person, we're used to being more certain than the other person, more confident than the other person, whether it's, you know, in family, friendships, jobs, whatever it is, I was so rewarded for being better or being the best. And whatever that looks like, whether we don't show our weaknesses, whether we, you know, like a a peacock only showing its feathers, that sort of thing, it can put a lot of pressure on those to stick around for a start. It'd be nice if we never lost our strengths, wouldn't it? But also our, our weaknesses to also not be shown or to improve on, whether it's success happiness whatever it is there, there is that flip-flop between strengths need to be shown on show all the time weaknesses need to be dampened down not shown light not being shown on them that kind of thing that we need to be seen to be the best version of ourselves all the time because people that rely on it benefit from it and people that ben- actually benefit like in a different way maybe you know, the happier you are, the more positive you are, your whole family's happy, and the people that they impact benefit yep. and things like that, that the ripple effect of us being our best selves is huge. 
and I think that sometimes we can be relied upon so much for that, not all the time, but very often our value is built around that. And if we have a bad day, bad week, bad month, bad year, that can impact pretty much everything that we touch. Now, I'm not saying that's just men, that's everybody. And I think sometimes it's the societal thing of, I don't think we have much else outside of that, or that's what it's being taught to us, that we don't have much else outside of that. And that's where the, the downfall is. It's not the pressure, it's not the stress, it's not any of that. It's the what happens if we lack those things. What happens to us if we no longer have the thing that we attached our identity to or our value to? What happens then? And it's sometimes it's that that we feel stronger with. Yeah. It's the lack of it. It's a bit like yourself with the football, you know, trying to find your purpose again after you could no longer play must be difficult and must be so hard. The not knowing what to do with your day, the waking up and having your morning routine to waking up and thinking, what's the point anymore? I can no longer play. That sort of thing. Yeah. And it's it's so rough for people that have such a difficult time in some ways maintaining it. So what I would mean by that is if you're standard for being fitter, so for football purposes, we use that as an example, something that you know a lot about, your standard for being match fit is quite high. So if you can't do the things that it takes to be match fit, it's quite harsh, it's quite tough, but it's not an easy thing to deal with if you're no longer match fit. If your standard is going for a walk for 10 minutes a day, much easier to to maintain as opposed to the fitness that you would have had to to maintain. Similar to everything else, like if your standard for being successful or happy is so high, it's naturally more difficult to maintain. And if life gives you lemons, you try your best to make lemon meringue or lemonade, whatever the quote is. But if your standard is it has to be a lemon meringue cheesecake with all the trimmings and not just lemonade or cut the lemon up and put it into some water because you don't have the ability to make a cake right now and that's okay that then becomes rough it's the it's the changes it's the the no longer able to do what you used to be able to do or no longer able to give your best or be your best that's that's worse than in some cases never really going that road never really raising your standards because if things change you kind of in a way wish you stayed where you were you know like if your standard's so high that okay well i wish i just had to walk five minutes a day and i'd be fine or your standard of happiness is so high sometimes i wish i just had a dog and and that was it that was all i needed but no i've got all these things and life is complicated and i've got a family now and all of these things that all make up your standards and what makes you happy sometimes yeah. that can have a harsh effect which then some people in some cases quite rightly so they shortcut this whole thing don't they where why put myself in that position when i could just live simply and just not put any of this stress on myself not put any of this pressure on myself to to strive for more to have all of these things if there's always that potential loss or or things like that. So I wonder 
what your thoughts are on that. And also some people that may be in that boat are shortcutting the whole thing. You know, when you sort of think, well, why, why should I do all of these things when I could do the opposite? Because you've, you've been there, done it, you've walked the walk as much as anybody else. How can you inspire someone to still strive for those things and not just listen to our conversation and think, oh, I'll just live in a tent and, and, and call it quits? Yeah, so, you know, I think life is all, always about reassessing where you're at, right? Like, I think life is truly a book and we have these chapters, right? Like, what matters to me from a physical standpoint isn't going to be the same as when I was a professional athlete or a collegiate athlete, right? So I'm not going to go into the gym and try to squat 750 pounds anymore when I played off as I did when I played offensive line, you know, or try to be the strongest guy in the weight room, right? Like my my goals are are different, and I think it's very important for people to assess where they are at in life and also assess what their goals are. And I think sometimes, you know, to the point you were making earlier in the conversation about like getting thrown off a little bit, just cause like you're at the gym and the piece of equipment that you need for your necessary routine is being utilized. So you just kind of give up on it and, and as opposed to, as opposed to improvising. Um, I think the, 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 the constant, um, assessment of if and what your goals are and what you're striving for, um, I think gives you the ability to give you the full picture of A, whether or not you should continue down the path of striving for it. B, um, are you being realistic about, about who you are, what you are, what you're capable of doing at this standpoint in your life? Um, you know, and then C, uh, you know, is this your true purpose that you're looking to, you know, are, are you doing this for um, intrinsic reason or extrinsic reasoning, right? And I think that's also important because, you know, if something is 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 intrinsic and, and internally valuable to you, then I think that's when it's really um, going to continue to keep you going, keep you motivated. But if you're doing it because you saw somebody else do it or, you know, all the ex because you think it's going to create this uh, value for yourself externally um, that, that like isn't realistic or true to who you are, then, you know, that that may not be the right reason. So I would I would tell people who are kind of stuck or wondering if they should continue down the path of, you know, whatever it may be that they're working towards to really assess um, what they're working towards. Is it do they feel it's their true purpose? Um, do they feel that like if they were to truly reach that goal, um, is it really going to fulfill them? And then lastly, are they, are, are, are is the goal that they set for themselves realistic um, based on who they are, what they are um, at this point in their life? And I think if you can answer those questions and take a deep dive into those questions, I think you'll I think you'll have a better understanding of if you should continue and then and then be if you should if you do feel you should continue how you should continue. And, you know, it, it, like I said, like I said, for me, I, I don't I don't look like with my new physical and I, I look great. I've been in the best 
shape that I've been in a long time. I had gained a bunch of weight after football and got, got out of shape. Like, like uh, none other before I just was living life and wasn't exercising as much. And I had to really lock back in, but I had to find a new way of, of reaching my fitness goals. And, and I had to find what worked. I personally can never imagine running a marathon, but there's, there's <laughs> a lot of people, there's a lot of people who run marathons, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and, and that's why I think it's really about assessing who you are, um, what you're willing to do and like what your true goals are just because I don't, I can't picture myself running a marathon. doesn't mean I can't be in shape. Um, and just like, there's tons of people who can just at the drop of a dime, go run a marathon because they want to check it off their bucket list. So it's, it's, you know, I, I give a lot of kudos to the, to the people who are just, normal everyday people working their nine to fives and then they go kill themselves at a CrossFit event or they, they want to continue being an extreme athlete. That person, I think they found their purpose. I think they, they realized like that level of fitness is what it feels rewarding to them and that's okay. And then maybe, maybe you're someone who a 10 minute walk or 16 minute walk is what feels rewarding to you. And that's why it's all about assessing what feels good, what feels right for you. You know, you can't you can't live your life based on uh, someone else's journey. You need to live your life based on your own self-assessment, and your own journey, and then really, um, you know, put to work in to, to understand who you are, what you are, what your what your approach is. Um, you know, and lastly, like one of the analogies I like to uh, I like to use again, from sports is like, you know, the best coaches I've ever been around are really good at assessing uh, the personalities of their players. And what I mean by that, they know how to coach each individual player uh, based on their emotional capacity. So there's some players who you can be really hard on and they'll respond. There's some players who you can be really hard on and they just shut down and they feel paralyzed and it makes them a worse player. So coaches have the, the really good ones have a really good ability to identify, okay, you know, I know who I can really push, you know, who really responds to tough coaching, to, to hard nosed coaching, to, to really getting on them about making a mistake. Then I know who I need to kind of simmer that down a little bit and coddle them a little bit more in order for them to respond. And I think, that kind of same assessment is is true for yourself. You, you may be someone, you know, stop being so hard on yourself. If that's who you are, like that's, if that's not what you respond to, then stop doing it. You need, if you feel like you need to, you know, constantly tell yourself how good you are, then, then, then do that. You know, if that's ultimately going to, what, what is going to allow you to, um, you know, feel better and, and do better, um, you know, in the long run. And, and I just think too many people, look at other people and other things and they try to compare themselves and they see things work for other people. So they think it's going to work for them. And that's just not the case always. Um, there's no one size fits all approach when it comes to wellness and reaching your goals. And that's why I think it's, it, it's, it's the constant effort of, of trying things, you know, to, to really create that routine that works for you. And, and that's what matters in order to allow you, to keep going um, and working towards the things that you want to work towards in life.
there's a lot of power in the assessments as well because for yourself when you shifted from the heavy weights into something else that would be dead easy to beat yourself up about never being able to do that but did the shift make it easy to let that go do you think do you think having that reassessment those reassessing of the goals and resetting and things like that do you think that made a difference or do you think you still had to do some work to be able to let those go because I imagine people listening could be thinking okay I can make my shift and I can reset some new goals but I'm still going to be thinking about this over here I'm still going to have the mental chatter in my head of oh well, you could be doing this instead and it started to compare notes so to speak what was yep. it like for you yeah so I mean I think the reassessment was enough for me and and Again, obviously, others' reassessment may be harder than mine. I mean, I no longer had to block guys that were 300 pounds and super strong. So that's what motivated me to be as strong as possible. I no longer have to do that on a day-to-day basis. So, and I also know that the heavier weights you lift on a day-to-day basis and, and on, a consistent, on a consistent basis is very tough on your body. It's tough on your joints. It leaves you more liable to injuries you know, a torn pec or, you know, whatever it may be, because it's heavy weight, like, you know, your body lifting that much weight on a consistent basis. It's not, it's, it's very tough on your body. So understanding that at one point in my life, I was the, the, the price of being as strong as I possibly could was worth um, being able to hold my own on the playing field against other men who were just as strong, if not stronger sometimes. So, you know, that was okay. But now looking at who I am and what I am in, in, in life now, um, I no longer have to do that on a day-to-day basis. So for me, it was taking a step back. And yeah, for a moment, did I still want to be super strong and show on Instagram and social media how strong I was um, as someone who was in fitness Et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, that was important for me. But as soon as I kind of took another assessment of like how uh, how impactful it, it it can be on my body in the long run to continue to live this way, um, you know, I don't need to do this to look a certain way. And at this, what mattered to me more was looking and feeling my best, not being the strongest person I possibly could be on a day-to-day basis so I think that reassessment and you know I don't look back at trying to be as strong as possible I I still can move some good weight around and if I'm feeling really good with my trainer I'll go for you know some some old weights and, and I'll dabble in those things if I'm feeling good and I've worked my way up to that within my program that I'm currently doing sure but that's not something I don't wake up and strive to strive to do that. And I think for the person who's kind of like, okay, yeah, I can reassess. And, and I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be easy based on what you're reassessing and what you've been doing for a long time. But if what you're doing isn't working um, or you're kind of at a, at a roadblock with it, then it's probably time for that reassessment. And, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be so hard on yourself at just letting the old go, you know, because clearly you've kind of plateaued with 
whatever you were doing before. And, and, um, it's kind of, it's kind of brought you to this roadblock to where you are even in a position of feeling like you need to reassess and, you know, and yeah, honestly, I don't want, I don't have the mental fortitude anymore to work my way up to a 700 pound squat. I just don't feel like doing that. Like, so we're like yeah. back in the day, like <laughs> when I was in a lot, when I was in a weight room full of testosterone and, and my teammates and we were, you know, picking each other up and like getting each other excited to lift these heavy weights. Like that was, I was okay with that. I was as, as tough as it was. And I think about some of the conditioning and things that we did and, and the stuff that we put our bodies through just to be the best athlete possible. I have no desire to do that again, you know, and, <laughs> and, and that's okay. I just think that's, I, I still like to go hard and work hard and exercise and, 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 um, you know, reach my goals and, and make sure I'm staying fit. I like to feel healthy and feel like I'm in shape, but I don't like to push myself to the exhaustion levels of what I used to push myself as an athlete. And, and, and that's okay. So I think I think what matters most in anybody's assessment is what's truly sustainable. And that goes back to what I was talking about early. Assess what the goal is and then don't look at the whole staircase. If your goal is to lose 20 pounds, you're not going to lose 20 pounds in a week. So what's more achievable? One one pound a week, two pounds a week. And yeah, maybe there will be weeks where you're really on it and you lose three to four pounds. Great. But what's sustainable? If you do this hard crash diet that that you know where you cut out all these things cold turkey and you're miserable, that's not going to be sustainable. That's not a real habit that you want to build. You're probably going to relapse. You may lose the twenty pounds, but you're more likely than not to put it back on because you're eventually going to want to eat some of those things that you want to eat again, and and that's okay. That's like that's why it's like creating a sustainable solution as opposed to a quick fix. And I think a lot of uh, sustainability comes from uh, a true assessment of, of self to really figure out what that goal is and how you're going to get there and breaking out and breaking down that big picture into bite-sized achievable goals along the way that will ultimately allow you to get to that ultimate goal. And, and from one of the, and lastly, wellness, mental wellness, physical wellness, uh, career, well, financial wellness, whatever, whatever wellness that you're striving for. Um, it's, it's not a destination. It's a journey. A destination would means that once you get there, it's over. No, if I lose, if I get to my weight loss goal, that doesn't mean I just go back to my old ways. I still have to sustain whatever habits that I've created to get here in order to stay at this weight, this healthy weight that I, whether my doctor told me I should get to or, you know, a nutritionist or coach, whatever it may be, I still need to do the things necessary in order to maintain this level of health for myself, this level of success for myself or whatever it may be. So that's why it's important to create a sustainable journey and a sustainable uh, process for, for yourself in order to reach not only to reach your goals, but to keep your goals. 
it sounds like you tend to use a bit of intuition with when to do these assessments. Is that right? And would you have like a preference for how often you would reassess? Like I, I'm thinking of things like, okay, if I start to feel unhappy or I start to struggle in this area, maybe I'm struggling with being consistent in that particular area. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe there's a reason why I'm struggling with it. I should reassess to see if there's some tweaks that I can make, some adjustments that I can make. And I would guess the intuition plays a part or would you recommend it anyway just for sustainability purposes every so often what would you recommend i mean honestly i break down i break down all my goals into four categories weekly monthly quarterly and yearly so obviously the weekly are is very very quick assessments of okay what's my goal more like more like box checks that I that I do that I do all the things I wanted to do, uh, you know, within the week to get towards my quarterly goal, right? And then let's just say like January first, okay, by December thirty first of twenty twenty three, I want I I want to be at I want to lose thirty pounds. Okay, well, if you want to lose thirty pounds, there's four quarters in a year. Okay, so let's lose four pounds a quarter, right? That sounds more achievable, right? Or that would, or five pounds a quarter. Um, that sounds that sounds more achievable. So okay, now that's my quarterly goal: five pounds a quarter. So that's twelve weeks. That's twelve weeks to lose five pounds. So okay, that seems way more achievable to say, oh, I got to lose 20 pounds. I lose 20 pounds tomorrow. So now I broke it down into these bite-sized goals. So, okay, I got to lose five pounds a quarter. So I know what my my year goal is, is 20 pounds. I know what my quarterly goal is, is five pounds. So my weekly goal, I got 12 weeks. You know, I'm looking at, you know, 0.3 to 0.5 pounds a week. And, okay, now what is what is my weekly routine going to be to help me, you know, lose that that incremental weight over time on a week to week basis. And now I have my weekly checklist that I'm checking on, just making sure I'm hitting that. And then I kind of not only is it a checklist, but I rate it on a scale of one to ten. So, you know, nutrition, some weeks it's going to be a four. You know, you go on vacation or, you know, you're really stressed and you just keep ordering Uber, Uber Eats or keep ordering takeout. And, you know, I think, I think, I think assessing that or, or like, you know, if, if your goal is weight loss, again, I keep using that, but maybe you gained a pound, you know, a pound that you didn't want to gain and that's okay. But maybe that just means next week, you got to be a little more disciplined um, than you were the prior week. You just had to get some things back on track, but that's going to happen. Don't beat yourself up. There's nothing you can do about what you did last week. That, that week happened already. So let's reset. Let's on that Sunday or Monday or whatever day you would like to reassess your weekly goals. Yeah, maybe your nutrition was a three last week. So you know that's why that's what contributed to um, you gaining a pound or two and, and, you know, setting you back a little bit towards your five pound quarterly goal. And that's okay. So now you just lock in, you lock back in and don't beat yourself up. Don't let that week of eating you know, in a way that you didn't want to uh, throw you off the path of your ultimate goal. 
at the end of the day, what gets measured gets managed. And that's why I think it's important to track. And I don't think you have to have to like kill yourself over tracking forever. But when you, when you create the foundation of tracking, get yourself to a point of, of making it automatic. Um, I think it sets you up for nothing but success. Um, you know, there's a reason why we get grades in school is because that's the, our grades are a metric of how well we're doing. And ultimately that's why it's important to not only create goals, but also create metrics and, and continue to track along the way. So you can have that assessment for yourself to look at, um, in order to, to really know where you stand and also maybe what's contributing to, um, the success or failures along the way, you know, and I, I think that's important in allowing us to be honest with ourselves along the journey. Is there anything that you haven't mentioned yet that is a major contributor to creating these more sustainable results? So might be a no, you never know. But what's missing? What have we not spoken about yet? Um, I don't think anything major. I think the, the, the major thing is consistency, man. Um, really, really focusing on consistency. There's days I don't want to do some of the habits I'm really trying to form, but I feel so, re- it feels so rewarding when I do them. And I'm like, and I start, and I just, I feel productive. I feel good about, you know, doing it. Right. And I just tell people just, I, I know it's a Nike slogan, but just, I'm telling you, just do it. Even if it's that 10 minute walk, it's 10 minutes go get that 10 minute walk in. And even if like you're struggling, just get into the gym, even the practice of putting your clothes on and going to the gym and leaving, if that's the first step towards your gym journey, sure. Like if that's the first process, the first incremental step for you to just put your clothes on and even take the action of going to the gym and you don't do anything, that's okay. At least you put your clothes on, you actively went to the gym and maybe you left right away, but you got to the gym and that's a win, right? So maybe next time you go, you go to the gym and you walk into the treadmill for a little bit or you do one exercise. It's okay to, to, to kind of stack along the way what, as you get more and more comfortable. Because again, I'm not, I'm no one to say, just go to the gym. You know, maybe you don't like going to the gym and that could be a real roadblock for you mentally. So I'm no one to say because I'm not in your body. I'm not in your position. You know, there there are so many different uh, variables that come into play for, you know, why you don't want to go to a gym, social anxiety. And, you know, you just you don't feel comfortable or, you know, you're not you're not self-confident enough to be at a gym, whatever it may be. So I'm in no position to just tell people that is just go to the gym. So all, what I am in a position to do is like, how can we find solutions that still allow you to um, enhance your overall wellness and well-being uh, without, without, you know, sacrificing your mental health or enhancing your anxiety, uh, whatever it may be in order to help you reach those goals. So that's why I think assessments and, and constant assessments of self is important um, because that allows us to find solutions that are catered to you in order to enable you to be successful. And that's what matters to me. And 
constantly understanding that wellness and weight loss and and you know reaching our goals whether it's in fitness or wellness or career or financial or whatever it may be family goals you know it's not gonna a it's not gonna happen overnight b uh it's not a one-size-fits-all approach and understanding that and being okay with that uh is what matters um stop comparing yourself to other people and how what other people are doing you don't know what they're going through how they got there uh you know, or their upbringing, their environment. There's so many different variables that come into play that matter when it comes to reaching our goals. And, um, you know, I think it's, I think as long as we continue to understand that we'll be a lot better off um, with our own journey and, and assessing that journey and doing what we need to do to get ourselves to where we need to be. I completely agree with that. And I think more people need to hear it as well that like they need to be okay with the fact that their journey is going to look different from the next person or their family members or their friends that sort of thing i really enjoyed this conversation it's been quite eye-opening i appreciate you sharing your own stories as well how can people get involved with the app that you have to help people so what is it how can people find it and how can people connect with you yep so we have a free habit forming app um, it's, you just type one and one into the app store. It's, uh, mainly just for, if, if you have an iPhone, so it's the number one and the number one again. So one, A N D one, that's the app. It's a free habit forming app. Feel free to download it. Um, and yeah, our, our goal with that is to help people build better habits consistently. Um, because again, habits are a foundation of who we are good and bad ones. Hopefully good habits are the ones that we're helping you form with the utilization of our app. Um, and then we're constantly uh, getting ready to release a bunch of new features to help enhance that process uh, and help amplify the process of helping people build better habits and also personalize um, their wellness routines and, and create recommended personalized wellness journeys for people. Um, you know, so super excited about that. And then oneinonelife.com is our media hub where we have uh, tons of content. There's also content on the app as well within the seven dimensions of wellness that we talked about. But oneinonelife.com, um, we, we put out 30 to 40 articles a month about uh, different topics of wellness, um, you know, within the seven dimensions of wellness. And then uh, my Instagram is Big C one in one um i i talk about uh tons of uh wellness tricks wellness hacks uh wellness tips um from a place of experience as well as a place of uh expertise as a uh, certified um habit forming coach and um uh personal trainer as well as a strength and conditioning coach so and i've worked with a lot of people um to help them reach their uh fitness and wellness goals so I try to talk from a place of experience with my own journey because I'm not perfect in yeah. mine, but also from a place of uh, expertise in helping people reach their goals. And, um, you know, my goal is to help people get 1% better each day. And our goal at one and one is let's get 1% better, just 1% better together um, because that's what it's all about. And um, I love what I do. And um, I'm passionate for seeing people unlock a new level of self-confidence and, and unlock their path, uh, you know, 
for what they're trying to do in life and, and being fulfilled in the most best way possible. So thank you so much for having me on. And um, I really appreciate the time. and I really appreciate the conversation. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Corey, it's been great. I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much for joining me, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Thanks, Michael.